Hello, and thank you for checking out the brand new episode of This Is Just A Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Before we get started with this episode, I want to remind everybody that not only can you listen to this episode on Spotify, but you also can listen to us on Anchor, Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. That being said, you can follow the This Is Just A Phase Facebook group um, for updates on current and past episodes, as well as touring schedules, music videos, merch opportunities, and whatever else we feel like putting up on the site. And you can also follow me directly on Facebook at JonathanKent.311, as well as my TikTok account at T-I-J-A-P Podcast. And if you want to reach out to me directly, please hit me up on the email at thisisjustaphase at gmail.com. Also, if you're into some awesome punk rock music, please go head over to thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com and get ready for the exciting new digital comp entitled This Is Just a Digital Comp, featuring bands from Ohio and Pennsylvania exclusively, there's 28 tracks from heavy hitters such as Gatlin, Less Than Expected, City Escape Plan, Rocky Dennis Face, Vermins, The Karens, and Lame Ass Dads, as well as previously unreleased tracks from Kelsey Bad Grammar, The Sneaky Heat Missiles, Wednesday Demonstration, and 2AM. So please run out and get that digital comp. It's only $3 on the site at uh, this is just a record label.bandcamp.com. That being said, Jay, let's go. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no future to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same old On this fun episode, I get the privilege of sitting down and chatting with members of the South Bend, Indiana band, The Distractions. We discuss the process of making their latest self-titled album, as well as what led to the formation of the band, their individual influences, and how they got into punk rock. We also chat about how the local scene is recovering after the shutdown, their previous bands, and how they shaped them as individuals, and how the band is now moving forward. So sit back and get distracted by this episode of This Is Just A Phase.
Here's the lead off track from their new self-titled album called Distracted. I'll just introduce you guys. Well, I'll introduce you guys as a whole, and then I'll have you guys introduce yourself individually. Okay. Uh, you could just say, like, who you are, what you play. That would make it really easier so then people could decipher in between um, each one of you guys talking and stuff like that. Sure. Okay. Thank you guys again for, for coming on the program, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, not a problem. No problem. Man. <laughs> okay, I'm uh, sitting here tonight talking to uh, three of the four members of the South, ba- South Bend, Indiana punk band, The Distractions. Uh, can you guys uh, each individually introduce yourself to the uh, listener? Sure. Uh, I'm Fowler. I play guitar. I'm Kevin. I play drums. I'm Davey. I play guitar and sing. <laughs> awesome thank you guys like i said thank you guys again for being on the program it's been uh it's been a um 
sort of a, a back and forth, especially between me, me and you, Fowler. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we've, been talking, we've been talking almost two years back and forth. Uh, yeah. Because I discovered your band before you guys started recording and or as you were recording the self-titled album. Right. And uh, we had some correspondence. We come to find out we have a lot of like mutual people in common within the scene. Um, even though you're in Indiana and I'm in, uh, I was in Pennsylvania at the time. I now live in Ohio. Um, so we've had a lot of correspondence there. Um, just because we've had like, we have a lot of mutual, a lot of mutual friends within the, within the punk scene. Um, I wanted to start, um, you know, delving into your most recent album, the self-titled album. Uh, can you give me a little bit of uh, a background on the process of making? I know you guys are making it during the height of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to kind of get the feel of, because um, a lot of the songs on the album uh, kind of convey a little bit more aggression uh, than I think maybe your previous releases. Um, <laughs> at least on a couple of the songs there, especially with the way that you guys start the album out so strong. Um, I just kind of wanted to... Uh, to touch a little bit on, on uh, the most recent album, The Distractions. Sure. Um, so I'll give a little background about like, you know, how it all came about. Um, so we had all of that written um, and, you know, done, you know, we, we started recording that right when COVID kicked in, like right in March, 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we actually went and recorded it, had, everything kind of not not everything done but like we had it recorded and then we ended up scrapping that entire recording um just because we had the ability to do so since we just do it all of ourselves all the time mm -hmm. um so that was all written and done before that um that was like in 2018 we did sometimes i, I drink and then right when we released that is when our previous bass player left so mark came on board mm -hmm. um so we kind of just really started writing that record you know, slowly at that time and then had it all ready to go in 2020. It was all demoed out, but it was old demos that weren't the same speed as what we played them like at live or at practice. So we had to scrap that in the end. Um, but, but in the end it was like, we went back and redid it that Thanksgiving era or time period in 2020. And then just, man, we took our time just slowly piecing it all together between everybody's houses with COVID going on and whatnot. Like we, that was, that was a different recording for us. Cause we just, you know, normally we do a lot of stuff all at the same time, knock it out really quick, but we took our time and just did, we did drums and bass in a couple of days and got that done. And then we were able to, you know, swap a, you know, a USB drive back and forth between Davey's house and my house and just do our guitars. And I think Davey recorded all the vocals with everybody at his house. You know, I was, I did some guitars at my house and then finished some stuff up. So it took us about a year, unfortunately, yeah. to get that all done. Um, so yep. it was a lengthy process. And then it was more or less getting it mixed. We got rough mixes back from the guy, that, you know, from Dustin that mixed it. And then just family, everything that was going on, work, whatever. It took us a while to kind of get some, you know, notes back to him. <laughs> and then we finally got the mix done, I think, early this year and then got it mastered. And then, even after that, we sat on it for a little bit, and then finally we we're just like, "All right, let's just release it and get it, get this over with and be done with it." And so that's where we're at. But we've been playing the songs for like three years, so yeah, a little bit over it. 
But uh, <clears throat> Kevin and Davey write most of the lyrics and stuff, so they can kind of talk more about that feel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything I think that the pandemic proved was that we can take our time on something and, you know, just do what we want and how we feel. We weren't rushed or anything like that. And <clears throat> we felt that this was finally the time that we could do something, you know, better than we've ever, you know, done so far to this point, thanks mm -hmm. to the pandemic, really. I mean, it gave us time. I mean, it's not like there was a ton of shows going on right at the start or even halfway through, you know? So it was like, well, we're not going to be playing out a lot. So let's just do an album for us and <clears throat> what we really wanted to bang out. I mean, lyrically speaking, the stories, some of the songs that Davey and I both have kind of written on or worked for, I mean, kind of have their own little stories and draws. Like there's a couple of songs that actually are kind of based on what happened during the pandemic you know, the thoughts and the political atmosphere and everything that was surrounding it and all that. But I mean, I don't know, Davey, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It just feels like, like <laughs> I definitely know that you guys took your time. Cause I, when I first started talking to Fowler, he had just had the songs that like, they were kind of like demoed on, uh, what was it? Uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were like your earliest demos. So that right, Fowler, that was about your early Yeah, I probably just sent you like a link, you know, from like, you know, like a personal web link from Smoking Cat with you know, because we would just always upload demos so we could listen to them constantly. So like that's kind of our, our, our process. We'll we demo a ton of shit all the time where we just do live recordings in the room. Um everything's just kind of mic'd or for, for that period of time, everything was just mic'd constantly. So we could just new idea we could just press record and like we had it all set up simplistically where we could just knock out you know a live demo that sounds pretty good in the end um mm. we still do that to this day we're working on brand new stuff right now so we got four songs we're working on at the moment that are already like demoed out to a degree like that um so like you know I, you know i'm share those with some people i'm like hey we got this song and i think we um like fight or whatever we call that song now, or whatever, like, you know, that was on some comp. We had a, a version that recorded that went on some comp like a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. That was like a totally different recording. And a totally different name to, title to the song too. Oh well, like, yeah. Yeah. Half a book for a, for a title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember when you come in, you, when you first contacted me, I had, so I had just launched my label at that point. Yeah. And we were talking, and you still were kind of like in the early, I think you were, I think you had just scrapped the original recording. Probably. Were, yeah. <laughs> so it still took you quite a long time to finally get that stuff out, like you guys said. Um, you guys could take your time, that whole thing. Yep. Um, but the way it was recorded and the way that it was mastered, I mean, it's, it's. I, I would argue to say it's your best quality sounding album. Which is, um, yeah, you know, like, you know, we've heard that from a handful of people now that are just like real close friends, you know, like musicians themselves have played in other bands and, and whatnot. And like, uh, we were using this other guy for the last, for Wilshire and then like, um, Sometimes I Drink. Um, he did most of Sometimes I Drink, but then like, he just drug his feet for too long. So we did, we added four, it was going to be an EP. We yeah. added four more songs, so we made a full length, but I, I ended up mixing and mastering those myself. Um, mm -hmm. So there's four songs on it that I did, but... I just don't have the time to really, you know, get into all that or whatever in, in the end, you know, whatever. So like we found another buddy that just does some stuff, went through a couple rough mixes with him until we got something that was like, yeah, this sounds good. And like, 
you know, honestly, like he did, he did a great job. He's in a band called Wolf Ticket here in town. <clears throat> oh, okay. And he does, he's like, he's on, he plays drums and he's just a phenomenal musician. He does some touring with uh, some like, you know, like major label country band also. And, you know, I think the guy that mastered it was, has something to uh, do. Not a band called Nonpoint. Yeah, Nonpoint. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, he actually does like sound engineering for them on, on the road and stuff. So yeah. he, he, he knew his stuff. And yeah, so I, I think he did. It, there's something to be said for having, uh, the right people doing it for you, you know, and Mm-mm. spending a little bit extra money and time to have it done right. Yeah. Which we've always tried to also like, you know, use like our friends or people we know for like, you know, like all the artwork for like, you know, almost every, for every album has actually just been a friend or a local artist, you know, in town. So like, we, you know, we, we've always paid them to do our artwork for us, um, you know, and whatnot. So it's just kind of just trying to keep it within the, you know, the scene sort of, or at least local. the nice thing too is like from 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 talking to you it's like you know you guys have a real sense of 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 community when it comes to your band like you know where you're from you're close to where you're from um you 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 know just from you know talking about how how much you guys do support the local scene and um how is the how is the local scene now recovering from everything whether it's you know <laughs> south bend indianapolis fort wayne like that general area like how's it how's it bouncing back we're we're we're, uh, we're last on that list as far as recovery goes yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> indy and chicago and fort wayne they're all you know fort wayne's finally starting to bounce back up um they were kind of diminished for a while and indy's still doing pretty good that i mean they have their staple places like melody inn and whatnot um south bend we're uh, non-existent. We're one of the last men standing in town, essentially. When it, there's maybe one in one there's, other band besides no, us. Like, punk like, band three, there's three or four other punk bands. You know, like, but um, it's it's not like what it used to be. And you know, you know, we 
we've been doing this stuff for, I think together with all of us, you know, for 20 plus something years, if not, you know, even probably longer than that, really 30 years. Um, we, it's, you know, there's ups and downs in the South Bend scene. And like, you know, right now it's more of a down, I think, but you know, now is that, do you think that's because you guys are a smaller town compared to the others? Or do you just think it's maybe people are moving from the area or bands are moving on to, to, to different, to different avenues or what do you think is contributing to that? A little bit of both that, you know, like, um, or all that, I guess, like, uh, but there's just really not been a whole lot of, you know, like over the last 30 years, like, you know, we had some great scenes, people then then just moved on, either moved away from South Bend or just stopped playing altogether. We've seen a little bit of that too. Um, mm-hmm. but there hasn't really been like, you know, that, you know, like the youth, you know, starting new bands, you know, and are sticking with it and like kind of going like, you know, we've, we've been a band for 14 years, probably, probably the longest running, you know, punk band in South Bend ever at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just people will just do stuff. Can't keep lineups together. We're, you know, and, and whatnot. And like, Hey, it's no fault of anybody's like, cause we've, you know, had opportunities to play, you know, a number of different places and, you know, there's been some okay venues to play. Um, but in the end, I think just people lost interest they just moved on with their lives, and you know, I guess we're just the lifer punk rock dudes in town. <laughs> well, it's it's very similar to where, where I grew up. I grew up on the border of uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio, and you know, Pittsburgh and Youngstown, especially, kind of yeah. went through waves of you know, there'd be a bunch of really cool bands, and then kind of taper off. There might be one or two bands, and then like, there'd be a swell again, and then there'd be a couple, just a couple kind of leftovers. So I think it's definitely one of it's it's one of two things were going to happen after the pandemic, either a bunch of people were going to start bands, or people weren't. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Really, I don't think there was going to be anything in between. Either you were just going to go full tilt and do it, which is kind of what I'm noticing around here, especially with Youngstown. Mm-hmm. It's you know people had played in bands again. We're just like I had all this time. They started mm-hmm. writing and they started dabbling with stuff and. You know, much like me, who have who hasn't played in a band in in almost fifteen years, I even found myself getting back into the creative process and wanting to write again. So I'm noticing like a lot of people that kind of sat for a while, got that got that desire to want to play again. Yeah, you know, like you know, I think you know we sort of have that with a couple bands here and like that are like you know they're active, but it's you know it's just like <clears throat> you know. It's just different, you know, but like, we're, you know, we try to just try to play regionally as much as we can, you know, more than anything. Like, and that's been kind of hard with COVID also, because, you know, we played Grand Rapids a lot in the past for Kalamazoo, and then stuff just kind of happened there as well, where it's, this, they're in the same boat, it seems like, um, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, Grand Rapids had a great scene, and like, they've got some stuff kind of going on, they've kind of moved more into a hardcore scene, I think, from the, from the looks of it. Um, but, you know, there's still people there doing stuff, it's just, you know, a matter of like, scene politics what venue will you know do shows and then somebody will piss somebody off then you got to boycott that place and blah 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 and you know just navigating through all that and you know even like you know kalamazoo you know like they got some stuff sort of going on fort wayne's always been great but even you know like that's kind of just changed like they had that all ages venue that you know closed the muse which was nice but but you know that guy just did a great show this this past weekend with you know the jasons and ranger nathans and flamingo and and whatnot Mm -hmm. so you know, there's still stuff happening. Fort Wayne's always there, or Indianapolis is always there with the melody, and then um, uh, the chopped liver bullshit guy. 
Um, he's doing some shows also, it looks like now. So, like, there's some more stuff kind of going on there. Chicago is always going to be Chicago. You can go play there, and people may or may not watch your band. <laughs> <laughs> I think locally around here, it's more like cover bands and metal that they're having yeah. sort of resurgence right now, where punk rock's kind of taking its time out, sort of. And the but the metal scene and definitely the cover band circuit is really what's drawing people right now. And I mean, I know a few friends that grew up in the punk rock scene that are now playing for cover bands and same here. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is people out of the pandemic want to go and to a bar and play, listen to a band playing tunes that they grew up listening to that they could sing to and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Which, which really isn't, you know, like we've like, we've done like, you know, a couple like these punk rock proms where we, we did a bunch of covers you know, we made some, you know, okay money doing that. Like we learned, you know, ton of just covers and just, it was a big party thing. Like, you know, I could see doing that. Like it makes sense. Um, a buddy down in Indianapolis has a band called Lisa Frank and the Trapper Keepers. Oh, like, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They just do like nineties covers, you know, and they're all great musicians and they can just kind of pull it off and like, but you know, I think really not like, you know, Chris, the main guy I think in the band is just, he's a musician. Like he basically does that and makes, you know, plays as much as he possibly can is trying to like make that his career, you know, or, or money wise, whatever. Um, but it's also a great concept to do. It's like, you know, I'd rather see a cover band playing songs I like. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you, you could come out making, you know, your band could come out be making between 500 and a thousand dollars. So yeah. You know, covers. So a lot of people that's the draw. Well, I got, Hey, I got paid a hundred or 200 to play, uh, you know, a bunch of cover songs as opposed to making $17 and playing songs that I wrote. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I, like I think we've always like after we did those those uh, those two punk rock proms where we learned you know three hours of the covers you know for each one I think. Oh wow! Um, and we had a good time doing it. Like you know, like we I think we did it pretty well. Um, and three hundred, yeah. you know, three hours worth of punk rock covers. That's a lot of songs. You know, that's a lot of songs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like six hundred songs. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. But it was like something also, it's like, you know, well, we could probably do this if we wanted to, like on, on the side and just make, call it something different, mm -hmm. you know, and really, you know, like, like we use all the money we make from the band just to kind of fund the band. Like nothing really comes, ever comes out of our own pockets ever. Yeah. So we were able to buy a trailer, you know, anything we make, t-shirts, you know, press CDs, all that stuff. It's just all paid for um, by the band. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, we don't make any money per se ourselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we probably still lose money because our bar tab is probably more than anything. <laughs> well, that, that's like much like, I mean, I, I kind of adopted for, for, for the label that I run, I pretty much adopted the same thing. I mean, can we keep the label floating one project, the next project, you know, we don't try to, we don't try to bleed ourselves dry, but like we, we put out what we can. And then hopefully we have the money to keep it going forward. And that's all we really hope. You know, you have your kitty and then you try to just keep money going in there and, and try to keep it going for the band as much as you can. And then every now and again, you got to kind of throw a couple hundred dollars in of your own money to keep it going. But it's no different than doing a band. You know, you got you got to find a way to, to, to keep the band going the best you can. Yeah. You know, which, which we're in a great position really in the end because like it's like we can travel because we have a trailer now. We don't have to worry about any of that type of stuff like everything's you know even like we spent almost all the money we had this year putting out the record and doing like a cassette box set which we haven't even really even tried to sell or you know and all stuff and like you know like we played a handful of shows after we released the record and like all that money's back already so it's just like all right well we're ready to move on to the next thing 
Mm-hmm. And what's really nice too is, especially with the Midwest, you know, we're all pretty close in area. I mean, you're looking at like a six hour radius and you have a lot. Yeah. All the towns in Indiana, you have Michigan, you have Ohio, you have Pennsylvania, you have Kentucky, you have, you know, you have all these, you know, Illinois, and you have all these scenes, and it's a relatively short drive, and you can cover a lot of ground Oh yeah, in a short amount of time. You could go out for a two-week jot and hit up, like, ten cities and not drive more than, you Two, know, three hours a day, yeah. and stops, you know? Yeah. West Coast, different story. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about about the the new album and just go through a couple of the songs. Um, This album, dude, starts out so fucking strong. Like like the the like the way you listen this album is you guys must have spent a lot of time on it because it's it's near perfection. (laughs) I can't even think about the first one. Yeah, guys start wrong. It's just a punch in the face. Damn. And yeah. that's why I said like the album almost has just a different, a different feel to it. It starts out so aggressive. You got distracted. I know. Hate me. Full of shit. Don't give up. Socially unacceptable. And then you down that road. You guys just started it. The album just doesn't give up. Like there's no pause. Yeah, and like, you know, like I, I, I kind of remembered like tracking that out, like you know, like it was like everybody had their own opinion. And I, it, you know, I think we kind of went back and forth on a couple things towards the end. It really was really like how to finish it off. Yeah, was mm-hmm. more was more of the problem. Um, it always, yeah, but we ended up, you know, you know, doing that. And like, um, I, you know, like, yeah, it, it was just it just turned out like you know, because we had like you know, we could kind of tell on a couple songs like. You know, distract is just a good opener. I think we were we were opening sets with that anyway, playing alive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we we kind of both like we all knew like you know I know was a was a great song, hate me was a great song, um, and then like you kind of get in these other things that are like you know they're not you know nothing anything's not great really I guess but it's just like you know they're just different feels That's like different. we're yeah. you know like socially it's kind of more like you just you know a pop pop Tunes. punk song you know you know that's just like you know you know like yeah we could do that but like you know we love. We clearly love to play fast as mm-hmm. possible, for sure. mm-hmm. you know, and like, um, and just, but also have those hooks. So it was just like putting that all together to have that feel. And like, I think we also kind of looked at it also as like, if it ever were on vinyl, like, you know, what would, you know, what song would be, would be, would be you know, when you flip it. Yeah. Yeah. The best way I would describe you guys is West Coast sound meets Midwest attitude. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like you just—it's not that you guys sound, you know, just West Coast. You guys are definitely influenced by a lot of different things, but it's just the way you got the aggression that you guys play with, like the aggressionness that you guys play with. It it really shines the how how fast you guys play. It really just shows up, like especially at the very beginning of the album, the first five tracks, and then you guys kind of go through different different ups and flows. But but it flows good, and it's like and it's a relatively quick album. I mean, what? what what 13 songs in what less than 30 minutes yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean you guys are kicking ass and taking names with it and i just i've listened to this album since you guys have released it and it's it's one of my favorite albums of the year and like, oh. i just keep going back to it um i just because like it just it, it there's not a i don't skip a track no, oh, well, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 
very rare. I mean, you always, you know, you listen to albums, you might skip a track here or there. No, yeah. I, I hit play. I listen to the 13 tracks. I'm, I'm, I'm invested in it. And I just, I was really psyched having you guys on because I've been wanting you guys on for, it seems like, a year. And our, our schedules just didn't line up. So I was, like, I was like so happy I got you guys on before the, before the years end because, like, like I said, this is one of my favorite albums of the year. Oh, thank you. Thanks, man. (laughs) You're welcome, man. For the past few years, been in the gutter. Save myself, go home of another. And now I'm stuck here, while these fitting images disappear. Fuck all the heartache. Fuck all those stupid mistakes. Really bringing out that really makes you think. Genesis of the band. Um, let uh, you guys start away in two thousand and four, two thousand eight, two thousand. I'm sorry, two thousand. Yeah. That's right. The first, the first EP came out in two thousand eight. Yep. yep. Okay. So that was. So the the original bass player Stu, um, we were both in a band before that called Double Age, and that kind of just fizzled out. We had like this gap of a, you know, like where we wanted to do something or whatever, and then we ended up starting this band with um my cousin called the blacklist 
And uh, we were doing that for a little bit. And that was just kind of on. He was a more of a part-time band because he was living in Chicago. We lived here and the drummer at the time lived here. Um, so we just kind of like we practice here and there every once in a while um, and did a couple things. And then um, the drummer, uh, Larry, he was moving to New Orleans to go tattoo down there as a tattoo artist. Mm. Um, so we were looking for a new drummer. And I just knew Kevin from previously. We like we've all just played in bands like like we're you know for years and years and years. And like ran into him. I was like, well, hey man, let's you know try out for this band. Let's see if we can come over. And like you know, it ended up not working out for that. But you know, at the same time, like we're like, well, hey, like you know, me and Stu were really were like, well, we could do this other thing with with Kevin. He had some songs already that, that he wrote. So we we just were like, yeah, let's like we could have this kind of full time like local band and like do this other part time band on the side. So we we started the distractions as a three piece. Originally, it was just uh, Kevin, myself, and, and Stu. And Kevin was the original the singer. The, singer yeah, he, yeah, he's the original singer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we did that, and like, um, we played for about a year or so, like, like that. And then it was just like, well, and then and, and Davey, like, we knew him from another band. I played in a band with him, like in in between all that kind of too. Like, like we had this band called Squeegee and the Hamster Band. I joined that for a brief moment and then that just kind of fell apart, I guess, at the end. Um, so we um, would see him at shows and like, we talked to him like, you know, like he wanted to do it. And then he like, wouldn't show up or something like that. I don't know what the deal was. <laughs> like, like, And then finally, like, he, 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 you know, he, he committed to it and like, and we brought him on like we were, so we we're playing as this four piece with another guitar player, which was great. And then um, I think really in the end, we, we did something else like on the side like with with Davey also and like did like this other side like project and he like, he had a couple songs and he, he wanted to sing and then like i it was just like i don't know me just being fowler i was like well hey like davy's gonna sing from now on. no it was that kind of came over as a genesis we were sharing oh and then when he Davey broke his wrist on a skateboarding accident. No, that was way that was way, that was way like whatever. No, we switched. That was when we started. Yeah, I guess we were kind of doing both, but I think at a, at a certain point, like it's 2010, yeah, yeah, at a certain point, we just kind of like we were like, all right, well, well, Davey's gonna sing. We're gonna have a front man, you know, because it was just, I think, just having. I don't know. My, my opinion was having a drummer singing was just kind of weird. Like you know, I think full time it's hard to pull Bill off Collins. as a show Bill Collins. yeah <laughs> Bill Collins is good to listen to and see every once in a while playing but like well, at least compared, whole... compared to snuff now now Kevin do you still sing or do you still sing those those early songs that you sang like especially like on the first EP yeah, yeah um uh we still actually we recently brought back a couple of the songs from our first uh uh, even previous, before our, we had a self-titled EP that we yeah, was, I think was, talking about. It was 2008. Is it too, so? Yeah, too, like too long. We play, okay. we start playing that again. Yeah, too long. We still, we still play, play that. Matter. We've revamped "Wrong Way" from our second uh, EP. Okay, uh, that song is now uh, way better. Um, <laughs> but Davey's kind of taken over from that. We we kind of share 50-50 on that. But yeah, too long is still played, um, and doesn't matter. We'll still do every once in a while. Pull out the hat. But, yeah, oh, it's uh, not over. It's not over. That's a tag, oh, tag team yeah. between Davey and I, though. But uh, yeah, we still uh, and I'll still do background vocals on uh, like on the new album is pretty much doing backups for all that. Oh, okay, cool. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. Um, I wanted to ask you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna let each one of you individually um talk. Um, I think I'll start with I'll start with I'll start with Kevin. Um, 
um, how did you get into punk rock, and uh, what were your influences that you you brought to uh, brought to the distractions when you joined? Oh shit! Um, <laughs> I was a freshman in high school, and uh, of course, as normal outcasts would go, no one liked me, and I was in the marching band and buddy of mine asked me to play drums for his uh pop punk band that was basically a total complete buzzcocks ripoff and um so i just listened to buzzcocks and a bunch of 77 bands like over and over and over again and then got with that band until i graduated and then uh got into a street punk band called uh couldn't care less that also lasted for about 13 years and that's oh, how I knew, met all these clowns. And then um, that was pretty much it. And then that's basically one being uh, picked on in high school is what converted me into being a punk rock kid and just living whatever dream this is. <laughs> and uh, what were what were your, some of your influences when you were playing? Was it just that 77 style punk? Uh, or No, because even while I was playing that, like the 77 style punk, I was... Up, the bandmates in that band weren't they were just focused on being in like the 77 uk scenes and whatnot i started listening to more you know some west coast and then some more current stuff at that time like i was listening to um like rudimentary p and i when they were out and um so uh, probably yeah <laughs> propagandi was one of my you know fortes that kind of harder edge like crusty stuff and bunch of other scenes at the time but really couldn't live the scene because when we we played maybe one or two shows when i was in high school and then the the scene you know coincidentally the uh fowler's cousin was one of the people that made me not want to go to shows because we played one show and had a cassette tape toss if that tells you anything about time frame uh <laughs> and uh we tossed a couple cassettes out in the crowd and uh fowler's cousin actually one of the first guys i met in the current circle ended up tossing the cassette back at me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. And he was, yeah. Burns was the the yeah, the, the punkest dude in town at the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, Burns was one of the reasons why the distractions exist. So you know, it was <laughs> if you kind of put that into perspective. But it's like, yeah, I mean, that it was. I tried to branch out a little more from seventy sevens, like from Sex Pistols and Buzzcocks, you know, and the Damned and all that. Um, they were the start starting influences, though. Really, besides, I was also like a big like rock fan too at the time. So you know, high school kid just trying to find his way through things. But, yeah, just trying to navigate your way through. You already felt like an outcast, so you that's how you just you automatically kind of got you kind of got lumped in with the punks. You you, you felt that, that that sort of acceptance with them from yeah. an early. I mean, I went to a Nine Inch Nails concert my sophomore year of high school and went to an Offspring's concert. So Offspring definitely was the better of the two. Hmm. But, uh, but hey, <laughs> you know, nine, right? hey, it was it was 90, like what? 90, I don't know. It was, it was 95. Seen, I guess I'd rather see Nine Inch Nails now. Now I'm my age right now. Well, and they were on, they were on tour <laughs> like Voodoo Glow Skulls and shit. So um, Nine Inch Nails was? No. Oh, Offspring. Offspring. Yeah, I don't know. Nice Nails was on tour with fucking like Marilyn Manson at that um, time. Yeah, all right, maybe like you know, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't mind seeing Nine Inch Nails like because that's like, yeah, but, you know when they first came out, Pretty Hate Machine was a pretty good album. 
I mean, and, I still love Nine Snails, don't get me wrong, but I mean, the offspring was the one that kind of went with my my mode right then. So Trent Reznor grew up 10 minutes from where I'm from. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, he grew up in a town called uh, Mercer, Pennsylvania. Yep. yep. And <laughs> I was just uh, west of that in a town called Sharon. So like right on, like literally like 10 minutes down the road. So it's like every place. So like downtown, downtown Sharon, like in the like mid eighties, he was playing in like a new wave band. Mm-hmm. Right. I think they were called like the pl- plastic flamingos or something. Yeah, shit. Pl- plastic flamingos. Yeah, and yeah, like I used to have, I used to work downtown, and one of my managers was like, "Yeah, I used to hang out at the bar. They used to play at you know Tolly's downtown Sharon." <laughs> like, hmm. I'm like, "Holy shit, dude!" Like, <laughs> and he got the fuck out. So yeah, and became <laughs> the mega music star yeah. that he is. You know. He's doing fairly well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about what about you, Davey? Like, uh, what were like what was um what were your how did you get into punk? What were your influences? That kind of thing. Uh, I had a buddy that kind of got me like introduced me into it was like the Ramones, the Clash, Sex Pistols. I was kind of like, uh, I would say my freshman sophomore year of high school just kind of got into those three main bands really. And then, then that kind of like moved on to uh, like getting into like street punk, like the on scene and casualties and shit like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was just, those are kind of like the main things that got me into it. And then like playing in bands, like, I mean, the f- fuck, uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I would just jam with, like, my buddy and a couple other dudes. Just, like, we never played any shows. We just kind of, like, jammed in the basement, you know, playing street punk, <laughs> street punk punk rock. Like, uh, after that, it was really just, uh, like, the band that Fowler mentioned earlier was Squeegee. It was just kind of, like, pop punk, like, early kind of Blink style. Just mm-hmm. That's kind of like my first, the first band that I actually played a lot of shows with. That's really mm-hmm. kind of where that all started. And you sang with them too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sang and play guitar. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Like how the street punk scene like was really embraced by the by the Midwest because you know a lot of those say, bands that you mentioned, like the Unseen and, and um, the Exploited and. Um, um, God, what's the one that I'm forgetting? The one from New York. Um, yeah, which one? <laughs> fuck yeah. The main, the main one, uh, Jorge. And, um, oh, the casualty. Yeah. I drew a fucking blank on that one. <laughs> my, uh, my brother-in-law, he, he grew up in Youngstown and he always has a story that involves a street punk band. He's yeah. like, yeah, we went to this party. It got shut down. So then. And the casualties came to somebody's house and played in their fucking basement for free. And like the whole, like the whole, like all those bands seem to like really get embraced by like the Midwest. And, you know, everybody seems to have like one of those, like a story about one of those bands. because like they, they, they constantly toured through here. Yeah. Yeah. Dropkick Murphy's played in our basement back in the day. (laughs) Oh, no shit. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I saw uh, Anti Flag played in one of my friends' basement when I lived down in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, because nice. they're from Pittsburgh, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're from Pittsburgh. Yeah, but it was like it was the early lineup. It was like uh, before they before they got like signed to like Fat Rack and all that. 
Yeah, we we put him in Kalamazoo way back in the day. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin's okay, but I, I pass a really cool guy, and uh, so was Andy. I, I I definitely hunt with those guys a little bit more than than Justin, but um, yeah, I've seen them so, so many times. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like late 80s like i don't know i'm sure my age i guess but like you know just like into bmx for a period of time then uh, that kind of transferred into like skateboarding you know then like you watch skateboarding you know like videos which you know i guess were kind of newer back at that time like that's when they first started kind of really coming out and um i just remember there was like a you know there was like an ohio skate out or something like that like there's a skate you know it it was a street competition like you know the entire soundtrack was like black flag descendants blah 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 so you know, I heard all those songs. I've been watching that. I remember like Bill Danforth, like just doing this dropping off this crazy like vert wall thing, or whatever, nice. or, or something. And like, uh, so like, you know, I heard a lot of that stuff. So I'd go to you know the store, and like I remember buying you know, Descendants Liveage, you know, because it had the most amount of Descendant songs. You know, I think it's before Summary ever came out, but like I could I could get the mass, the, all the, the songs I liked about you know whatever, like Coolidge and everything was on there. So kind of yeah. got into that. But then like you know, shortly after that, like. Uh, I really just like my my set my sister's like two years older than me. She had you know never mind the Bullocks or whatever. And like I, I got into that and like and then that was like really my band for like you know I was like in seventh or eighth grade at the time. Really impressed, you know. I like, love Steve Jones, you know the whole like the whole idea about all that. I I wanted a white Les Paul and a fucking Fender Twin amp and all that stuff. Like when I was like in eighth grade freshman year, 
and kind of just went through that. Like, you know, but I dabbled in some other stuff where, you know, I got into Naked Ray Gun and, you know, the Ramones at Kennedy's, you know, just all basically through skateboarding, really, was what it was. Like, you know, so there was skate rock back then, so I can brad, um, you know, and, just, and it just kind of slowly evolved, but it was just so hard to find, like, newer punk bands because I just didn't, I, I went to Catholic school. I don't really have any, like, punk rock friends. Like, I had, you know, one friend that was, like, you know, the same stuff as me, but, you know, he got me, like, you know, I remember getting, you know, he had a cramps tape and, like, you know, I'd listen to that and I was like, I don't know, it's just not my thing, but it's, it's cool. And then by the time I was like junior, senior, I met like another friend of mine, Chad. And like, he's like really the guy that got me like, you know, like I think I, you know, I knew about Green Day and stuff at that point in time. And like, you know, and some other like other stuff like Pixies, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, like, you know, and, you know Nirvana was already big by that point, you know, as you know, years yeah. later. But then like, he was just like, yeah, have you ever heard of this band like Screeching Weasel and this and that and that. And like, then we just became friends. And like you know, I, even like to this day, like you know, still on. Like, I was in, I was in a band called the Jerk Offs with him, but um. Oh okay. And then like uh, but like we sit there and like you know we'll text back and forth and just like trade bands. You know, it's like here, hey, check out this band yet, and like try to find new stuff. So he was really the the, the dude that was just like you know, got me into a whole different facet of music. And then we worked at a record store together. And then that's when we really just started figuring out everything. I was like, right in the, you know, the heyday of like the mid '90s punk like explosion. We were like, we we started a, a fucking like you know basically nardcore you know fast ass you know punk band, <laughs> whatever. Like, um, and we called ourselves the Jerk Offs, and we you know we were in Beer City Records and did a handful of things. But like earlier than that, it was just like you know it was, it was skateboard videos that just you know. Learned a bunch, a bunch of stuff, and then like eventually moved on to where I, I could learn about all this different stuff, and just kind of expand from there. So like you know, but I'm like you know, he was the guy that introduced me to face to faces, which is probably like one of our, you know, most influential sounds. You know, that kind of influences band. <laughs> and that's cool that you were. I've I've heard of the jerk offs. I didn't know you were in that band. Oh yeah, yep. Okay, so that's pretty cool because that's about when I, that's about I mean, much like our generation, I got into punk during you know during nirvana into green day yeah. that whole era so every band that you mentioned i'm like yes yep, yep. you know <laughs> even shit like sebastian pumpkins and the pixies and you yeah. know you know um because i think like everything you know they called it alternative but like everything kind of had a fuck uh, everything kind of had a punk feel to it because you know we really didn't know what punk was right so right, yeah, like or they were influenced by that maybe already, like be like you know, like 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 Gish, that first Smashing Pumpkin, Pumpkins album is actually fucking a pretty good album. Like, and dude, that's such a good album. Pretty heavy, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. or like early Pixies and the Breeders and yeah, right stuff like that, like Dinosaur Junior. Like you didn't oh, realize. Love that. That. I just watched a documentary the other day actually with uh, Pixie. Did you? So fucking good, man. Yeah, I wish it was a little bit more because I, I was huge into Dinosaur Junior in high school. Like that was my band. Like. You know, like, um, like the documentary, like, I wish it was a little bit better, but I think at the end when you're like, yeah, produced by Jay Mask, it's like, you know, he's just, you know, such a kind of a control freak where it's like, all right, mm-hmm. they, they kind of, you know, like, I wish they just would have had other people and like, I like, I want to hear from Mike Johnson, what, like, what, 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 you know, or George Burns or whatever, like, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't really interview anybody else except for the, the core three. Yeah. You know, that was the thing that kind of just threw me off and like, it's just the way it was kind of sort of edited and like they moved on between some stuff, but. You know, love that band, but it was, you know, I had a jazz master. I wanted this jazz master so bad in high school. I'm like, 
got it from a birthday and all stuff like nice just because of like you know Dave Masters. <laughs> yeah, like I I loved I love Dinosaur Junior, but I'm a big Lou Barlow fan, and oh, I, yeah. I I got into Folk Implosion and Sabado and oh Sabado, and, yeah, yeah, I'm a huge Sabado fan. Um, just because like when when Lou left Dinosaur Junior, it was like it. Dinosaur Junior kind of just started to sound more like country to me, and yeah, uh, you know, like, yeah, so like yeah, that old country kind of a thing. So like it was a completely different kind of animal. Green Mind, not not so much. You know, Green Mind was like in whatever school with me. Like that was right at that point. I'm not talking more of their '90s stuff. Like um, oh yeah, well, yeah, like towards that. That was like when like everything really fell apart. When like when Murph definitely was gone. You know, yeah, and it was pretty much just Jay and like a rotating cast of yeah. of, of bands. Yeah. yeah. Um, same thing with same thing with Sabato too. I mean, there was a revolving door of musicians too. It just kind of happens. Like Lou wanted control, Jay wanted control. That's that's how shit like that happens. Right. Look at look at the Pixies. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Same same situation. But um, it was really cool that you guys. I mean, we're all relatively around the same age, and so we all realized like there was just so much music that we 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 had at our fingertips that we got exposed to. You know, it's. Like you said, you play in a band that sounded like jerk offs, and then now you play in a band like this. So you can definitely tell, like, you're influenced by multiple facets of music, you know, when it, oh, when yeah. it comes to it. But you know, like, the, the jerk offs was kind of the funniest thing. So, like, you know, we were all, like, you know, at that time, like, Shad and I were probably, pretty much listening to, like, Epitaph, that records. That's all we, that's all we listened to. But we, mm-hmm. couldn't play that, we couldn't play that shit at all. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, we could uh, figure out how to play as fast as fuck. <laughs> like scream and yell. <laughs> yeah, I always played in like when I played in bands. Like I, I always wanted to play like the Descendants, but I fucking couldn't. Oh, so everything just can. sounded like the Ramones. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just wanted to ask you guys um before I let you go tonight, like uh, what is what are your you know plans moving forward with the band? Um, are you guys still actively touring? Is there going to be continuation of touring? Like, what you guys, what do you guys got going on in the pipeline? You know, like we don't ever really tour per se because it's just like just our lives don't really allow that. You know, like we're old, more show to show kind of a thing. You know, so it's like it's more like you know it's like uh, you know like show here and there out of town, you know, type of thing, just having fun. Like, but you know, I think that's how the band's always been. Like, it's probably like. You know the longevity of it all really is just down to that it's like well let's practice once a week we'll drink some beers have some fun you know no pressure you know we're mm-hmm. not trying to make it like we don't have that you know type of like mentality like where we want to you know make this our lives we all have like good jobs for the most part and like and whatnot and, like families here and there you know with almost every like i think all of us you know pretty much have a family you know kids you know kevin i think you're the only i've one. got cats yeah cats right yeah well cats are a big responsibility too i have three. <laughs> at some point we're gonna have a family so you know at some yeah, point yeah. i'll join that crowd but you know but um, i think you know i think right now it's like we're you know like you know like after playing these songs for three years now it's like all right let's write some new stuff nice. you know like uh under the new you know so we're, we're just gonna start working on a new album right now and try to get that you know like you know i don't know like we have no real like you know into 2023 yeah (laughs) i think the biggest thing is the minute we start taking ourselves a little too seriously is the minute that things would probably fall apart so it's like we just try to have fun and enjoy it i think i mean the way we practice even i mean we don't practice to get better we practice on drinking and then we practice then we practice practice. yeah so i mean it's really that's (laughs) the backbone of things is that you know let's just we're just having fun and whatever's what is what you know 
awesome. Like, I, I definitely really like you guys, and I, uh, I'm i going to reach out to you guys and get a physical copy of the of the new CD. I really like it a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just send me an address. I'll, I'll mail you one. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I've been listening to you guys. I've been listening to you, you know, since those those early demos um, for, for the self-titled, and I went back and looked at your back catalog, and I, I can honestly say I'm a, I'm a big fan of your band. Uh, I'm glad Fowler, you reached out to me back then, you know, oh, yeah. and got and got me turned on to your band because, um, like I said, this past year with all the releases, that your 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 guys's album is definitely one that I keep going back to, and I really hope the listener goes out and check and checks out your 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 album and and goes back and checks out your back catalog too because you guys really kick ass and I'm I'm really happy you guys came on here. Well, hell yeah, thanks, man. man. Thanks. Glad to be here. You know, I mean. <laughs> fun thanks a lot man well uh fowler davy kevin thank you all three of you for being on the podcast i had a lot of fun talking to you guys and feel free to keep in touch with me through the socials and um i like to have you guys come out here uh one of these days and uh uh play a show out out this way oh yeah that'd be right let's do that <laughs> well you guys have a wonderful evening uh merry christmas happy hanukkah happy new year happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> you guys celebrate um, you guys have a wonderful holiday season, and I'll I'll catch up with you guys here real soon. All right, man. man. You too. Thanks, John. <laughs> talk, talk to you later, man. Later. See ya. Bye. We'll never be too old to party. We'll always be too young to die. We have no time for 21 questions. We have an answer for you in reply. But we'll never be too old to party. We'll always be too young to die. We have no time for 21 questions. We have an answer for you in reply. Take the damn alarm clock and session on the wall Will the day after day when we say swim or crawl Hope you know that we don't give a fuck We just keep on pushing our luck We're here to drink for fun We know it's not for everyone But we'll never be too old to party We'll always be too young to die We have the time for 21 questions We have an answer for you and why We'll never be too old to party We'll And here's the bonus track, Hate Me.